Is your mind filled with visions of cozy nights by the fire in your own log cabin? You have the perfect vision for where you want to be, but you're struggling to find the land that matches your vision? Then you're going to want to tune into today's episode because you're going to find loads of value. Before we get started, I want to read the review of the week brought to us by Raz1919, who says, wow, listening to this podcast gives me inspiration for that rustic log cabin in the woods that some only dream of owning, but feel it's just out of their reach. After listening to this podcast, I checked out cariboucreek.com and saw all of their amazing work, an amazing company that someday I hope to use. Friends, if you haven't already left a review, please head over to iTunes, leave us a review and screenshot that review, and then tag us on Instagram at Caribou Creek to enter to win a free copy of the Ultimate Log Home Planning Guide. That'll really be useful for you getting started building your cabin. Hello, fellow cabin lovers. We are so excited to bring you this podcast to offer inspiration, motivation, and education about log cabin construction, design, and experiencing the log cabin lifestyle. If you have longed to build a log cabin of your own, this podcast is for you, no matter what stage of the process you're in. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to join our growing Facebook group, My Dream Log Cabin, where together we can connect beyond the microphone. Hey friends, welcome to another awesome episode. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Lindsay, I'm your host. If you haven't already listened to this podcast from the beginning, I'm gonna give you a brief story because it is pertinent to today's episode. My family and I relocated from Arizona to North Idaho without any friends or family. And so it was a purchase sight unseen and a definitely an interesting journey uh, to say the least. But today I wanna share with you some of what we experienced and what we learned from the uh, from the process of looking into purchasing land. And then also I want to dive in a little bit deeper into what to look for in land from a construction perspective, because that's really important. We're gonna start a little mini series. This is gonna be the first of, I think, three episodes that we talk about the subject of land. So stay tuned if you are searching or thinking of relocating, you will definitely want to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of the following episodes as they air. So if you've been doing any sort of searching for land online from a distance, then you know how challenging it can be, especially if you're out of state and you can't go scout the properties out in person. And I completely relate. That's why I wanted to produce this episode and share my experiences. So hopefully you can learn from my journey. And if you're just getting started, this is a great place to tune in. I think it all begins with just deciding First and foremost, if for sure buying land and then building your own cabin is what is right for you. In some cases, like which ended up being the case for us, buying a home already built made the most sense. We had the four children, building seemed like a daunting task. I knew that we would have to get jobs, so how much time would we have? There was just too many unknowns for us and building just seemed a little bit out of scope. But what mattered even more than that, and this is what I think is more relative today, is that at the time, buying a house already built was not out of the price range. Like it made sense financially. Whereas today, it actually might make more sense to buy the land and build. You either can get a better house for the same price, a newer house for the same price, Another reason it makes sense to build rather than buy a house already built is maybe you've been dreaming a long time about this and you have a very specific vision for what you want. 
finding that diamond in the rough already built can be nearly impossible. So it may make sense and be more fun, quite frankly, to just buy land and build your dream home. So either way, the hunt for land can often be harder than the hunt for residential housing because let's be honest, there isn't much you can tell just by looking at the pictures and reading listings. How many listings can you look at before they all start seeming the same, right? I mean, at least with the houses, there's a distinguishing feature. So when you talk about it with your spouse, you at least have a point of reference where you guys can talk about it in conversation. You know that house with the, you know, in our case, it had a yellow mudroom with the yellow mudroom room like you know there's something distinctive about it with land it's kind of like that one parcel you know the one on such and such lane <laughs> after a while all the lanes start to sound the same but it just it's just a mess sometimes i totally understand and how many listings have you seen that read something like this five acres with a view then you scroll down and you see the same listing five acres with a view <laughs> Then you see it again four or five times, same heading, same pictures, but the only difference is they have a different parcel number. Yeah, those are always fun. I don't know about you, but those just kind of made me distrust the listing a little bit. Basically what's happening in that situation is somebody had, you know, a larger amount of acreage and they're breaking it up, but rather than take individual pictures of each lot, they just take one really nice picture to get your attention and then plaster it all over the place. So ultimately you may as well just go check it out and decide first if you want to do that. So that's the tricky part when you're coming from a distance. Even if you have a realtor who can go to the site and do a video shoot for you, it's difficult. Um, here's what I learned from my experience. This this is kind of how we started. And I think if I was to sit in front of you and you asked me right now, hey, Lindsay, you know, I'm getting ready to relocate. What do you think is the best thing I can do to go about this process? I would say, hey, if you're just getting started, the first thing to do is to not necessarily just look for listings at this stage. Look for location location, 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 right? That's what they all say. But ultimately, it'll help you narrow down your search and make your whole experience more efficient. Uh, let me explain here as we go deeper into this. Start by making a list of things that you wanna have at your place. So for example, is having a stellar view a must for you? If so, what do you wanna see? A scene with water? Is it? Does the water need to be a river, a stream, or do you want a lake? Or how about just a canyon or a beautiful landscape? I mean, in my property, I don't have either of those. I don't have this spectacular view and I don't have a view of water. But what I do have, it feels like this sacred space is the best way I can describe it. We're surrounded by trees. It's our own little slice of heaven. And I adore it. I adore it. And I love coming to my house every day and just feeling safe and secure and kind of hidden away from the world. So there's very many different things you can look for when you're looking for a, the actual experience you're going to have on the property. Then the next thing you want to do is you want to ask yourself, what do you want in the community because if, especially if you're moving even if you're moving in the same state you know but you're moving into a few hours away or into a neighboring state it is virtually impossible in my opinion to get a vibe for what it's going to be like to live there from looking online right 
you have to first get clear on what you want in your new home and then check out the communities and scout them out. So for for example, what kind of people do you want to meet? How do you want them to be? Do you want them to be friendly? Do you want them to be kind of keep to themselves? Do you want them to be horse people? Do you want them to be city people? Those kinds of things. Is a certain church affiliation important to you? How far is the church from the location you want to be? What about community activities? For us, obviously, school systems were important. But one thing else that was really important to me was agriculture and 4-H programs and rodeo. If you haven't heard of 4-H, it's a wonderful program for kids. It teaches all kinds of things from sewing to raising animals. Arizona had a 4-H program, but it was really starting to die out. I think, honestly, major cities around the United States, um, 4-H is becoming less popular. But I grew up in 4-H, and I had many wonderful learning experiences, and I really wanted my kids to participate in this. So I was so happy to hear that the 4-H community was huge here in Bonners Ferry. So those are just some things to think about, right? Before you even start narrowing it down, know what's important to you and don't settle. So let me tell you an example that I almost settled for. I look back at this and I think, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I listened to my instincts. My husband is from Canada, the East Coast, and we had talked about buying acreage in Nova Scotia at some point early on in our search. I didn't even tell this part of the journey in my story in my first episode, but at the time we could have sold our house and bought like 30 acres with the cute little farmhouse in Nova Scotia for cash. I mean, we would have just been totally debt free from any housing debt and everything seemed really awesome. He even had family there. Like there were so many good things about it, but there was something inside of me that just kept saying, it just doesn't seem right to me. I don't know what it is. I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I started researching the sport of rodeo, which is something I grew up with. And I just really resonate with. I love going to the rodeos. I was hoping my kids could, you know, participate with that in some point. And rodeo was not really big on the East coast, uh, especially in Canada, in the East coast, it's much more popular on the West coast of Canada. And I just couldn't feel happy like that. Just, I thought, you know, I just don't see myself as an English horse person. That sounds so funny, but I would have felt out of place and I wouldn't have felt completely happy. I would have missed that part of me. So you really want to make sure that wherever you end up, it fits you. That is number one. Because the last thing you want to do is like what I almost did, move to a place where I feel completely out of place, I regret it, and then a few years later, I want to move again, right? We don't want to be in that position. So here's a few other considerations to keep in mind when you're scouting a new place to live. The political environment, proximity to hospitals or medical facilities. If you're a movie buff, maybe you really like to go to the movies, make sure there's a movie theater nearby that is a major movie theater and has the ones you want to see. Um, city activities that you like to do. Maybe you like to hang out at the mall or go to you know shops. Those are all things to think about. In my case, we weren't really big movie people or mall people. So for us, the fact that the nearest major mall and movie theater is two hours away is fine. We can go make a day of it as a special family trip, but it isn't a deal breaker if we can't make it. So there's a lot you're not going to really know until you have time to get into the town and dig in and kind of get to know people beyond just driving around and scoping it out, right? So you could drive through a a city and you can get a sense of it. Oh, it's cute or oh, it's this or oh, it's that. But you don't really know what the community is like just driving through. 
So here's my recommendation. Talk to people. Go to a restaurant, make small talk with the waitress, go to the grocery store, see what the clerks, how chatty the clerks are there. Those kinds of things are great ways to get in tune with the vibe of the place. I noticed in Arizona, grocery store clerks just were not super chatty. It was so many people, you know, they're like on autopilot. I'm sure they're great people, but when they're working, it's just like, let's get this line over with because I just want to get on to the next, right? But here it was so much more laid back. People were just chatty. Even the people in line didn't mind if you were chatting. They joined in. I mean, that's the difference between the two places. And I just fell in love with it. It was hard not to. Also, you can join the city's Uh, community Facebook pages. So for example, you know how you see a lot of times buy and sell groups in certain cities. If you join some of those cities, you just observe what's going on or, or sometimes they have like community discussion groups. Those would be great places to also kind of see what people are talking about, what kind of things they're complaining about. Those are some good ways to find out what's really happening in a town. And I truly strongly recommend investing time and finding out as much as you can about the area before you buy or build. And again, that goes back to before you even start scouting property. But once you have it narrowed down, like for us, we had it pretty much narrowed down to where we were going to live somewhere between Sandpoint and Canadian border, right? That to me is a very specific location. All the properties that we would want to scout in that area are within, you know, an hour to two hours of driving. And and I'm not going to come here and then end up spending my day looking for properties on and dividing the state up, right? Oh, I'm going to go look in the middle of the state. Then I'm going to go look north. I already had spent time driving through the entire state. I already knew what area I wanted to be in. And that was my first trip. Then... I want to switch gears a little bit now because I want to talk more about specifically the property and what to take into consideration once you've decided on a place. Some of what we're about to talk about, we are going to dive into with our realtor friend on the next episode. So again, stay tuned because it gets really detailed in this area. You're going to learn some tips that can save you not just time, but money. And you're going to want to listen to that. Okay, one more little pointer I learned from my experience is you want to really make sure you're very specific and clear on what's important to you in the property. So we had a list of must-haves, and then we kind of, on that list, we had things that were important but not required, okay? So being specific is important because it is so easy to get caught up in the excitement. You see something, and then all of a sudden, the excitement and the enthusiasm of finding property, especially if you've been hunting for a while and you're just really excited to get this thing going, it's easy to start to settle and not get the things you want. And if this is going to be your forever home, You definitely want to stay very clear and very intentional about what you end up with. So let's start off with asking some specific questions to help you get clear on things that are important to you. You you might have already thought about this, so I'm just going to rattle through them really quick to help stimulate your mind to think of things that you might not have thought of. Do you want land with open spaces or lots of trees? How many acres do you want or do you need? Do you plan to raise animals or grow gardens? Or no, you don't plan to do either. You just want to live there. Do you want to have running water on the property like a creek or a river? Or is access to a well super important? Or do you care if you're on the city water? Those are all things to think about. How close do you want to be to your neighbors? Here are some things you want to make sure you ask your realtor as you're searching. How buildable is the lot? Are there any easements? What is the water table? 
if it needs a well. Um, what are the city and county zoning laws? Are there any CCNRs or restrictions? How far is the power source from the property? Do they plow the road if it's a snowy place, right? That's super important. Does the county maintain the road or the city or do you have to? So much of this, uh, we are going to go into deeper into next week's episode. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it right now. But trust me, you're going to want to hear what we say. Okay, and before we wrap up, I'd like to share with you some of my own experiences, not only things that I experienced, but some of the stuff we've seen here at Caribou Creek. First of all, not all realtors are experienced with selling land. This can be a very important thing to think about. All realtors are capable of selling land. It's just that some have more experience than others. And I promise if you are specifically wanting to buy land, you will want a realtor that has experience. I worked with more than one realtor in my journey to finding my dream home. There were some who were definitely more interested in their commission than helping me find what I want. There were others who didn't give me very much consideration since I was out of state, or they would just put me on their drip email and reach out to me once a year. (laughs) That was funny. Uh, Finding a quality realtor can almost be as difficult as finding the property itself. So we are going to reveal some of the great questions you can ask a potential realtor to help you get an idea of how experienced they are. Again, with Jackie, I know I keep talking about next week's episode. I kind of am excited, if you can't tell. Um, I, I We actually had a first draft run <laughs> this last week, and the audio was too bad, so we're going to be re-recording it. But um, just in our initial draft, I'm like, man, this is going to be such a great episode. I think that's why I'm so excited. So back to my story. I did consider a property in North Idaho. It had 10 acres. I was like super excited about it for, you know, 10 acres, and my price range was really exciting, and it had a little house. Actually, um, we did more than consider it. We put an offer in on it. My husband went up to check it out and discovered that out of the 10 acres, only about a half of an acre was usable. Only a half of an acre was usable. The house and the small yard, that it just, that was it. That was the usable spot. (laughs) Since we wanted animals and we wanted to garden, it really wouldn't have worked for us. But here's the thing, and this is where I'm telling you my experience of be clear about what you want. I was willing to settle for that. Well, partly I was willing to settle, and partly I didn't understand what my needs were. That is kind of a truth there, because at the time when I was just getting started, I didn't know what it meant when it said marshland. And they didn't have that out, by the way. That wasn't in the listing. That was something my husband found out when he went and looked at the property. So it wasn't like I knew going into it that it was marshland. But when he got there, we already had the house under contract. He said, honey, I don't know. He said, it's it's on a big hill and most of it's really wet and soggy, just walking around in the grass. It's super soggy. And mind you, it was October, so it might've just been a real rainy season. But he just felt that it was gonna be really difficult to cultivate the land for the things that we wanted. However, I was so excited at the possibility of just finding something that we could find in our price range and that would had a house on it. I was almost willing to just say, oh, well, let's just go. We'll figure it out later. And thankfully, it didn't work out uh, because the house was on a post and pier foundation. It wasn't something we could finance. So hallelujah. It was like God was looking out for me. Another situation we looked at, the house had an easement. And again, this is one of those moments where I didn't know what that meant. Uh, The neighbors in the adjacent house had to drive through our property to get to their property. So living in Arizona in the city, which is where I lived, even when I lived in the country, I never really 
experienced this. So I wasn't familiar with what it could mean for me. All the houses had access to a road where I came from. <laughs> At least that's what I had seen. So when the realtor explained it in more detail, she also made sure to advise us that we could run into potential legal issues. And that really wasn't something we wanted to think about. Not only that, but with four kids, it it just didn't seem like a very safe environment for us to have random people driving through our property, um, if, especially if our kids were outside playing. And it felt like a bit of a privacy invasion. So thankfully, we had a great realtor who steered us away from that. But that's something to think about. Lastly, this story here is one that really gets my attention. And thankfully, this particular person wasn't me because I wouldn't have had the money. This this situation would have devastated me and probably completely kiboshed my whole cabin dream. But here at Caribou, we had a customer who had called us. He was so excited. He finally found land. He was ready to get going with his cabin plans. And he had some people out getting ready to get the property ready and get the utilities out there. And they were drilling for a well. And they kept drilling and they kept drilling and they were not hitting the water table. And he was looking at basically spending either another $25,000 to get that deeper to see if they hit a water table or pull out and sell the land. And he did decide ultimately to sell the land. He took a loss and then he went out and found another piece of property. But that's what I'm talking about when I say you want to make sure the land is buildable. There is so much that goes into it. You're definitely going to want to hear next week's episode with uh, Jackie Wakefield. So thanks for tuning in. I hope this helps you. I hope it gets your mind thinking and expanding. And I certainly hope people listening to this will be able to learn from my mistakes and things I've seen. Hey friends, if you haven't done so already, it sure would mean the world to us if you would please subscribe to the show and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, we're always looking for people who are willing to share their story of how they attained the log cabin dream. Visit us at mydreamloghome.com and contact us about coming on the show. Thanks again for listening.